Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Richard Herring's Stork Ring Cock Rod Mast um, Talking Cock Podcast, if you don't understand that. Uh, we're getting towards the end of the tour, uh, so I think this may be my penultimate Talking Cock Podcast, Rod Mast, Nod Mast, Card Mast. Um, just a few gigs to go. Um, excitingly, there's a possibility that an extra London gig has been added on the 26th of May at, at Regent's Park. It'll be an open air gig if it happens. So I'll be getting my cock out in the open air. Uh, and there's 1,200 tickets for that one. If <laughs> It's just been booked in. It seems insane to me. Um, but um, someone else wants to put it on. So that's up to them. So uh, there will be details of that on the website if it, if it comes off. Uh, but uh, also coming up, this week on the 8th at Harpenden, 9th, 10th, 11th at Bristol, 12th at Nottingham, and then next week going to the West Country, 16th at Great Torrington, 18th in Hereford, 19th Swindon, 20th Exeter, might as well take you through to the end, 21st Tewkesbury, 22nd Tring, 23rd Reading, which is sold out, 24th Milton Keynes, 25th Hartford Theatre, 31st May is Derby, and the 1st of June, I'm at Leicester Y Theatre. So there's only a few more chances to see it. Possibly the 26th of May, Regent's Park Open Air Theatre. Um, and uh, yes, I think I'll only be doing just one more podcast. So if you have any general questions or general facts or just anything you'd like to say, I, I don't know, I'll just do a free-for-all in the last week and maybe read you out some more answers from the questionnaire and some more of the stats of the questionnaire. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone who's come to the tour so far, uh, all the way through. It's It's been going great um, on the whole. Uh, I've just had a couple of terrific gigs in Belfast and Machantlach. Uh, by the way, you can hear Richard Herring, Best Square Theatre Podcast, but at the Machantlach Comedy Festival. Uh, if you go to my uh, other podcast, the Best Square Theatre Podcast, and there are more of those coming up starting on the 26th, 27th of May uh, with Chris Addison and... Uh, There'll be six of them in total and some very exciting possible guests that none of them are confirmed yet, annoyingly. Um, but do come along to that or listen to that and there will be a chance to download that, a video version of that for a small fee. But you'll still be able to get the audio version for free if you don't want to pay. Uh, of course, if you do pay, it will help me to do more. But you don't have to. So uh, that's all that kind of business thing. This week we're going to discuss uh, threesomes, group sex. Uh, this is some stuff off the podcast and I will read you a little bit from my other book, my other published book, How Not to Grow Up. There's been a couple I've published myself, but uh, uh, there's Talking Cock, of course, which you can buy from Go Faster Stripe. How Not to Grow Up, you can buy from Amazon or if you search around, um, you might be uh, able to find it in Poundland for a pound. Uh, but I haven't been able to find any because I'm going to buy them all if I can find them, so let me know where they are. But How Not to Grow Up is the book I will be reading from. Uh, first of all, uh, I asked many of you ever had a threesome or group sex, and 27% of men had uh, claimed that that had happened to them, the lying bastards. Um, it used to be something I was very obsessed with. I do a little bit in the show about it, and uh, there's a large section of the How Not to Grow Up book that is about my fascination with that particular subject. I will read you... Uh, between the two versions of Talking Cock, I went from someone who hadn't done that to someone who had done that. And I will read you this slightly uh, salacious story of how that happened uh, in a bit. It's worth hanging on for. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a little bit Reader's Wives, this whole episode possibly. Uh, and great that gradually we've been moving with this podcast into a territory that I'm not entirely happy with. 
But uh, I think this is quite an interesting subject. It is a sort of a fantasy for many people and uh, an exciting idea, but is it as good in reality? Uh, and is it a sensible thing to do? Uh, so some of the answers from guys who have and haven't had threesomes or group sex uh, on the survey uh, are coming up now. Uh, yeah, with two women. It was okay, I guess. Nothing to write home about. My mum certainly wouldn't have appreciated receiving that letter anyway, says one guy. Another guy says, once let her sister suck me off in front of her and we did a bit of fooling around, but without any penetrative action until her sister had gone. I spent the whole time getting more frightened that my girlfriend would think I fancied her sister more than her and that her sister would think I didn't fancy her enough. It's a hard balance to strike. There are these kind of moral questions in doing this, especially if it's two sisters, which I, yeah. We're verging into things, something that uh, we shouldn't really be thinking about there. Um, this, well, and I'm talking of which, one with my dad when I was 14. Basically, he arranged for me to lose my virginity and he wanted some too. Strangely, not as damaging an experience as you think. Well, I would think it would be incredibly damaging. So if it's any less than that, damaging than that, then it isn't as damaging as I thought. I mean, that's... Well, it's uh, Russell Brand, I think, uh, maybe Russell Brand, uh, pulling in the questionnaire, I think does discuss something similar happening uh, with him. I think I, I would feel, uh, if, I, if I had a son, I think I would, I'd, I'd feel odd about that. If I, I'd certainly feel very odd had my father been there uh, as I'd lost my virginity, which fortunately, as far as I know, he wasn't, unless he snuck into Teddy Hall in about 1987, um, which is where I lost mine. There should be a blue plaque up there. I was nearly 20 years old. Yes, I'm very proud of myself. Um, another guy says, Seeing my best friend, male, come face, was just horrible. And I find it hard to look at him in the face. So here are some of the problems. It all sounds like good fun. Uh, maybe it's better to do it with uh, people you don't know and aren't related to. Just just an idea. Um, or you don't know very well. I mean, I think you should know them a little bit. Certainly said hello and shaken hands before you get down to it. Um... Someone else says, ha, getting one woman to sleep with me took long enough. Two at the same time is wildly optimistic. One of those things whose opportunity has passed by me by, I think. Uh, someone else says, I introduced my best mate to his future wife in a foursome. So yeah, it can work out. It can be a beautiful thing. Though again, I think that would be a bit odd at the wedding. For me personally, you are all allowed to do whatever you want to do within the boundaries of the law. And uh, you don't want Operation U-Tree coming down on you, um, so to speak. Um, I personally found more work than it's worth. Four boobs in theory is fantastic, but keeping two women in a state of increased pleasure is like spinning plates with an erection. It may be just me, though. My mind tends to wander. Well, funnily enough, I think you'll see in my own story, that's uh, <laughs> something that happened to me a little bit. I was offered to it by I was offered it by a girl I'd already fooled around with and a hot friend. I'm not particularly good looking, but I turned them down as I had to work a shift in a bar. I am a fucking idiot. Uh, well, my life is littered with such uh, missed opportunities, as I'm sure many of uh, ours are. Uh, sometimes pragmatism overcomes. Uh, trying to think of a good word that, was, that, that sounds like pragmatism is about sex, but think of your own. Uh, I've had two and a, I've had a two and a half some. So claims someone else on holiday in Greece. I was utterly amazed to find myself with two ladies, and we were all had having some sex. After about six minutes, not really that long, one of the girls stopped sucking my cock to answer her mobile phone. She proceeded to have an argument in a language I didn't recognise but wasn't Greek and suddenly left, slamming the door behind her. The other girl and I bravely soldiered on, both knowing we couldn't really claim this was a threesome. I chose to ignore this and claimed a threesome for several months before admitting the truth. I think that still counts. 
if it's the six minutes, that's you know that will be more than long enough for me. Actually, as it turns out, you'll see that's not the case. Uh, someone else says one only in my dreams. Two really mess the sheets up. See, this is why it's not such a nice subject. <clears throat> God, no, it took me 28 years to get around to two in a bed sex. This is a very popular <laughs> answer. Uh, well, so that's, you know, eight years longer than me. We're both quite late starters, but that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Hey, we're making up for it now. Oh, no, I'm married. Uh, no, but I've had sex with three sisters at different times. That wasn't the question. That's just showing people do this. They put in uh, show off conversation, you know, show off stories into this that aren't anything to do with the actual question. That is not on. Uh, but congratulations. <laughs> you must be very proud of yourself. Uh, yes, as long as they're sisters with each other. You know, I've slept with three sisters. They just weren't each other's sisters. They were some sisters of some other people. But anyway, yes, loads of times during my 20s, ask any poof in Birmingham, his word, not mine, if they've been to one of Trevor's parties and you'll get a lot of hits as he's very known for hosting cracking orgies with up to 50 men attending. I packed that all in some years ago now that I'm settled down. Glad I did it, though. No regrets looking back. So if you're gay and in Birmingham, uh, try and find Trevor, uh, is my advice, if you want to have sex with up to 50 men. Uh, do wear a condom and that is true for everyone uh, if you're indulging in even twosomes yeah, with people you don't know uh, or even people you do know they can still have diseases I've got myself in a pickle uh, yes yes did you really need to ask the last bit so yes he has had one and yes it was he did enjoy it did you really really need to ask that last bit it was like the chuckle brothers to me to you smiley face <laughs> Yes, in the sauna. It was like being sucked into a porn film, literally. There were about eight men. Scary the day after when I woke up the next day and realised the risk I'd put myself at. So that's, um, yeah, another little uh, warning for you there about the dangers of having sex in a sauna with, I think, in all likelihood, eight men. I think it's it would be a wonderful scenario if you could go into a sauna and have sex with eight women if you were a man or a mixed group of men and women. It may happen, uh, but I think this may be something that... Uh, Happens a little bit more often uh, with uh, with gay men than with uh, straight men and straight women, but uh, you never know. Maybe I've just lived a sheltered life. I've heard all sorts of stories about things. I'm glad uh, uh, that I have lived a sheltered life in many ways. I'm a very vanilla man, really, despite all the pretenses I make. Uh, and despite the story I'm about to read you. <clears throat> so this comes from uh, How Not to Grow Up, and there's, uh, there's quite a lot of stuff about my obsessions with threesomes in here, and a, a couple that uh, nearly happened, that then I got too drunk. And uh, one where I, I was going out with a girl who saw my show, which was all about well, how I'd never had a threesome, and then which inspired her to have a threesome with two other people, not me. And then she told me about it, which, as you can imagine, I was delighted about. Um, but uh, so I'll just read a section of this story. Uh, I'm not in, I'm not, it's kind of a weird mixture of pride and shame about this still, even today. Uh, if you want to buy the, to read the whole story, do buy the book. This is on page. 213 and my mum has read this book so it's nothing to write home about but uh, uh, my mum my mum did read the book and she said uh, that there was nothing in it that surprised her to be honest or she was, it was exactly what she expected or something like that. if you listen to one of, as it, one of the as it occurs to me I do discuss this uh, and uh, there's something in this that I'm surprised she would expect to have happened uh, but anyway so there may be a few uh, back references to things that don't make sense but then if you read the whole book you'll find out about it uh, but in November, while in the deepest, darkest recesses of rejection and confusion at my most out of control, I was, uh, I should add, this was just before I met my wife, literally about a month before I met my wife, and uh, I was kind of going through quite a difficult time of having turned 40 and 
uh, being single and sort of going out trying to act like a 22 year old and mess around and get drunk all the time and I wasn't massively enjoying it and uh, was a little unhappy I would say I think it's fair to say uh, so uh, I was suddenly presented with a new opportunity not in the heat of the moment but in a planned and premeditated fashion I've been communicating via MSN messenger with Chloe none of these names are the real people's names by the way who I'd met at a gig years before nothing had happened between us at the time because I'd had a girlfriend although Chloe had been very flirtatious we'd struck up a friendship and occasionally emailed each other over the years though not met up again just recently our online conversations got a little bit more raunchy but we'd just been having fun on late drunken nights she sent me a link to a website in which there were pictures of herself modelling with not many clothes on. The other women who posted on their site were into tattoos and blood and bondage, though her photos were not quite as extreme. It was a little bit scary. Part of me felt I was sliding further into the slippery pit of depravity from which I might never escape, even though it provided me with some temporary comfort. And Chloe had a softness and a sweetness to her and genuinely seemed to like me and care about me without being desirous of any kind of serious relationship. But I also liked the fact she was clearly naughty and adventurous and sexy. I was nothing if not a man in the middle of a midlife crisis and Conversely, we were both adults and both single, so where was the harm? Unless she turned out to be a psycho stalker intent on selling a story of celebrity sleaze to a tabloid. If so, she'd miscalculated wildly by choosing a celebrity who no one had ever heard of and who was more than likely to be the one brazenly writing about the experience himself. Though at the time I was slightly ashamed of what I was up to and keen to keep my shameful secrets to myself, lest I be judged as some kind of perverted, dirty old man. It's awful to be judged, especially so if the judgement is pretty much on the button. During one of our chats, she told me uh, she was coming to a gig to see me in the flesh and mentioned she was bringing a friend, Tara, along with her. A friend that, so she told me, she was interested in having a sexual relationship with. She thought there was more than a possibility of this turning into a threesome. I'd written in my diary, it's almost certainly a terrible idea to go through with it, before adding with great self-awareness, but I obviously will do it if the opportunity presents itself. Maybe I can just get all this out of my system, but I worry it might destroy me in the meantime. I am a little bit out of control. There was so that was something of an understatement. Yes, there was something I could do to there was something I could do to stop the inevitable and for the rest of the week my body was jangling with hormones, my mind full of thoughts of what was to come, a heady mixture of excitement and fear. Yet, I was certain that as usual something would happen to scup the plans as it always had before or that these women that I didn't know really know would turn out to be lesbian vampires who would kill me and eat me. If they ate me before they killed me, I might still be up for it, but I knew my luck, they'd kill me first. I met her with Chloe before the gig for a pizza. Last time I'd met her, she'd been very drunk and rather forward, but now she was sober and timid and surprisingly reserved. My experience with her on the internet had made me think of her as feisty and in control, but she was delicate and insecure and had huge innocent eyes like a cartoon bird. It felt like a mildly awkward blind date between two shy and slightly reticent strangers rather than the prelude to debauchery, but the possibility of things to come hung unspoken in the air, which felt strange in the cold light of day as although we'd had a degree of intimacy online, we'd scarcely spoken before. Chloe was drinking, but I'd driven to the gig and would have to remain sober. Wouldn't I have to be drunk to go along with this? At least to give me the excuse for behaving so badly. Maybe the future was not already written in stone. Maybe man had been given free will, but surely not so much that he could resist such a temptation. Even at this early stage, the reality, as promised, was already seeming more complicated than the fantasy. We met Tara in a pub next to the venue I'd be performing at. She seemed quite drunk already and was certainly much more outgoing and brash than her much more timid friend. She was talking loudly and seemed volatile and unpredictable, interacting rather readily with the scare, slightly scary men who'd been sitting having a Sunday evening pint. I was reminded of the woman shouting crazily outside the house of the threesome I hadn't been invited to, which is another story in the book. Uh, where a threesome went wrong and one of the participants started just yelling 
obscenities outside the house at three o'clock in the morning. Never have I really been into taking drugs. I'm useless at spotting when other people have indulged. But with hindsight, I now realise she might well have had a little bit of cocaine. I knew next to nothing about her and all good sense said that I should back away. But both girls were attractive and I was a man. And so it was going to have to take me spotting that they didn't have a reflection in the mirror to make me question the wisdom of all this. And even then... I was pretty much up for it. By the time I came off stage at the end of the gig, both girls were pretty blasted and I was conscious of my sobriety. They were sitting in their seats, their arms around each other, already touching each other rather intimately and overtly. The people in the row behind were clearly amazed by and enjoying the spectacle. For someone who'd just been on stage talking openly about my filthy mind, I was rather self-conscious of all the attention. I was also about seven or eight drinks behind them, embarrassed that what I'd hoped to keep as a secret, shameful night was already playing out in public. I felt like a bumbling square from one of those American fraternity films being seduced by some cheerleaders as part of some awful bet or humiliating prank. Tara was very upfront about it. Look, she told me matter-of-factly, we're going home to have sex. You can come and watch if you like and maybe join in. I felt the eyes of everyone in the row behind turning towards me like this was some game of sexual tennis. I'd rather have been having this discussion in private, or rather less blatantly at least, but then again I didn't want to let the opportunity slip out of my hands again. Well, don't you? why don't you come to mine for a drink and we can discuss it, I mumbled, blushing as I did. I was keen to get out of there, but Tara needed the loo and Chloe wanted a cigarette. As she headed outside, I became convinced that some goal-hanging smoker would step in and seduce her, which is something that happened to me a few weeks before with someone else. Part of me again hoped that they would to save me from myself. The people behind still hadn't left their seats enjoying this unexpected addition to the evening's entertainment, unaware, I think, that I knew the girls already. They were snogging each other during your set, said one incredulous man. What are you going to do? asked his girlfriend. I tried to remain non-committal. I didn't want my sad sleaziness to become a public issue. Ha! Uh, I just wanted to get out there and get it over with. Where were they? Why, why were they taking ages? I could go and look for them, but was conscious of what had happened last time I'd done that, when I discovered a woman snogging someone else. To lose out with one woman was bad enough, but if I got usurped with two at the same time, then I know there was something wrong with me. Despite my certainty that something would go wrong, 15 minutes later I was driving them back to my house, them snogging on the back seat, me watching them in the rear view mirror, feeling like a perverted but fortunate taxi driver, now convinced that I would crash the car and kill us all. Surely that's how fate would confound me this time, laughing me as I died in a heap of twisted metal and entwined limbs in a grotesque parody of what I hoped to achieve. It was quite a long drive and by the time we were home things seemed to have cooled down a bit. We politely sat in my lounge drinking champagne and chatting as if nothing unusual was happening at all. I was now glugging back the booze as if I could somehow be excused retrospectively for a decision I'd made while entirely compass mentis. Suddenly everything was rather demure. Perhaps we were all wondering about the logistics of getting this thing going, being worried about the one who made the first move in case the others recalled and said, we were only joking. You didn't really think this was going to happen, did you? Maybe the moment had passed. Maybe I could turn back at the last minute and thus avoid the inevitable future where I become a tragic middle-aged swinger, only able to get my kicks at these strangely unerotic and anti septic suburban orgies that they, that they occasionally make documentaries about. Chloe went to the loo, Tara came over to me and rather aggressively snogged me. I was a little bit scared of her and strangely given our shared intent, felt like I was being unfaithful. Chloe was the person that I'd met before and who I'd set up the date with and yet I'd never even kissed her. Was it bad form to kiss her friend first? Would she feel slighted or angry if she came back and saw us in an embrace? Coyly I told Tara she'd better leave things for the moment. It felt like things might never get started. But when Chloe returned the girls started to kiss each other and then I became involved and things progressed onwards from there. It was happening. The fantasy I'd always dreamed about was finally happening 
happening. I'd always assumed I would find this situation impossibly erotic and they would all be over for me with embarrassing haste. But if anything, I was having the opposite problem. I was tense and nervous and finding it difficult to let go and lose myself in the moment. My fantasies were indeed thus far a lot better than what was taking place. Perhaps I was worried about the repercussions of what this meant to me about me as a person, but it was hard to focus on the task in hand. My central heating had broken down a few days earlier and uh, I was waiting for a new boiler to be installed. It was a cold November night and prosaically I was more concerned about the temperature of the room, feeling a bit embarrassed that it might be a bit nippy now we'd got some of our clothes off. Also that week I'd had a friend staying in my spare room and couldn't help considering the fact that she might overhear us or come downstairs to see what was going on. It might turn into a foursome, but more likely it would just look strange and mortifying and lead to a tension in the kitchen the next morning. As you may have spotted by now, I do tend to over-analyse things and I couldn't help wondering why these women were doing this. Chloe seemed so timid and shy and some things that she'd said made me think she'd been badly treated by unpleasant and violent men in the past. Tara's aggression and detachment and determination to escape reality through drink and probably drugs, was perhaps also the symptom of some deeper issue. I couldn't help thinking there was something broken in both of them and I wasn't sure I wasn't just adding to their problems. But then I realised with a jolt that they weren't the only ones who were broken. My participation was just as much down to me feeling lost and hurt and seeking some salvation in physical, emotionless release. Just as I was brooding over whether I was somehow taking advantage of these innocent girls, Tara attempted to insert a champagne bottle into my anus, which rather made me reconsider my position. In both senses. I made my discomfort with such an unexpected intrusion rather clear. Sorry, I thought you might like it, she said. No, I don't really, I replied, as politely as possible, as if it was making it clear I appreciated the thought. The realisation that we were all taking advantage of each other was enough to help me to relax a little, even if I was in fear of which object might be introduced to which orifice next. Yet such banality would keep intruding on our attempts to transcend morality and bring us all bumping back down to earth. I suppose we were all acting a little bit, pretending we were in a porn film, but porn films always run to a script and everyone's super sexy and committed. Real life isn't like that, and sex is embarrassing enough between two people who know, two people who know each other, let alone three who don't. Everyone had been right. It just wasn't as fantastic as I'd imagined it would be. Which is what people had told me beforehand when I'd wondered what it would be like. Even so, it was still a pretty amazing thing to be part of and once I got over my self-consciousness, I managed to forget about the central heating and my other rather mundane concerns and make the most of it, trying not to consider the emotional hangover and shame that must surely follow. Yet it still remained a struggle to keep everyone happy and our insecurities were coming to the surface. Tara thought that Chloe's breasts were nicer than hers so she wouldn't take her top off. Chloe worried that she wasn't as experienced or as sexy and forthright as Tara. Tara was clearly bisexual but Chloe, while saying she was happy to give it a go, was overly self-conscious about being intimate with a woman and kept making jokes which stopped Tara in her tracks quite literally at one point Chloe disappeared to the loo for half an hour and it transpired she'd been playing the Legend of Zelda Phantom Hourglass on my Nintendo DS that's probably not something you want to mention when you're telling your mate she said later doesn't reflect too well on you though it might be something Nintendo want to consider placing on their advertisement for the game more entertaining than a threesome and then when Chloe emerged Tara went into the bathroom making this less of a threesome than a tag team twosome when Tara returned, I was indulging in some dirty talk while having sex with Chloe, during which I called her a whore. Tara was genuinely affronted. How dare you, she exclaimed. Chloe is not a whore. We were just playing around, I told her, getting into a role-play thing. She, she knows I didn't mean it. But the interruption had somehow, somewhat put me off my stride. Then again, I wanted to say, but didn't. Chloe is taking part in a threesome with two people she barely knows. She is a bit of a whore. Not that that was anything intrinsically wrong with that. We were all being whores, and that's an okay thing to be in my opinion, if that's what you all want. It just seemed an inappropriate and vaguely amusing issue to get affronted by, especially given that Tara herself had recently tried to anally violate me with a Verve Clicquot bottle, 
without asking me first. Much as I enjoyed pointing out the seedier and more ridiculous side of the affair, I certainly enjoyed the night. It was a rare and wonderful mixture of feeling pleased with myself and disgusted with myself in equal measure, and I'm not sure there is a better state of a, for a human being to be in than that. Thankfully, I did not end up killed or cannibalised or with an aggrieved woman yelling outside my front door. In fact, a lot of it was surprisingly tender and sweet. I walked them back to the tube station the next morning. It felt like what we had been doing was written all over our faces and that anyone passing could tell what we'd been up to. Though a little tired and hungover, I felt more invigorated than if I'd hit a trainee university lecture in the head, which is something I do in the book. I was a bit out of control. I kissed them both goodbye and quite sweet and walked back home. I was not experienced the pangs of regret that I expected. In fact, I felt a little elated and self-satisfied, if not vi a little bit virile, not only because of all what, what I'd done, but also because I'd done it. Finally, after all the times of fantasising about it and talking about it, I'd achieved what once seemed impossible. And in that moment, it felt like the foggy mist that had been surrounding me for so long had evaporated in the morning sun. As I walked back to my house, I realised I no longer had the excuse that I'd been holding on to. I realised that the threesome had not just been a milestone, but a millstone as well. Now I could leave it behind and get on with my life. I felt truly ready for something more serious. Having shared my bed with two women, I was now prepared instantaneously to share my life with one woman. Though not one of those two, obviously, for the reasons I would later acknowledge when introducing them to my children. I say early on that um, I would thank them for... You know, giving me the opportunity to go ahead and have a family by interesting to my child, but um, you know, they, they 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 owe their life to you, but they're not your mothers. Obviously, that I wouldn't have kids with women like this. I'd seen that I was broken. I needed to take a step back and fix myself. It was a road to Damascus moment, though I was actually on the road to Uxbridge. I'd been spiritually awakened by a threesome, which has to be the best ever way of anyone's ever reached enlightenment. I can see a lot of hermits kicking themselves now. Finally, I was sure there was nothing to stop me finding someone special. You know, once I had a foursome, obviously. Within a week, I'd met the woman who I thought might be the one. Predictably, though, there were some complications. And to find out if that woman was the one, you will have to buy my book. There is no other way of finding it. Uh, so that's my uh, slightly embarrassing story of a threesome. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I'm, I'm very pr pr proud of that book. It's uh, kind of honest, <laughs> uh, which isn't always a fantastic thing. Um, and uh, how long have we been going for? Oh, well, maybe we should save up. Well, I'll save all the cock facts for next time. And that could be our next one. I'll give you some facts about the penis. I'll give you some more answers from the questionnaire. Do email me, herring1967 at gmail.com if you've got any questions or anything you want to add. I've had enough stories about rip frenulums. I don't want any more stories about threesomes. Um, but anything anything uh, pen amusing involved penises that uh, you... Uh, you haven't yet told me thank you to everyone who has sent in um, poems and questions um, um throughout the uh, run of this podcast um, most of the poems i don't think are uh, quite good enough to read out or just a bit repetitive on things we've already done um but uh, i do appreciate having received them and um yeah i think i'll leave it there so if you want to come and see the tour there's like uh, less than 20 opportunities it must be about, about 16 or 17 i will let you know about that extra london gig uh, on next week's podcast, which I think will be the last podcast. Um, there may be one more after that, but let's say it's the last one for the moment. And uh, yeah, go to richardherring.com slash talkingcock2 slash tour.php or just go to richardherring.com and click on the poster. You'll be able to see those remaining gigs. Uh, just a reminder that coming up are Harpenden, Bristol, 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 Nottingham, Great Torrington, Hereford, Swindon, Exeter, Tewkesbury, Tring, Reading, Milton Keynes, Hartford, 
possibly London, Derby and Leicester. And then that will be the end of Talking Cock. Uh, the DVD will be coming out hopefully in July, June, July from www.gofasterstripe.com where you can also buy the Talking Cock book. And you can buy all of my merchandise apart from How Not to Grow Up, which uh, didn't come out uh, via Go Faster Stripe. So you can have to find that elsewhere if you if that little part of it has intrigued you. Um, and thank you for listening. I will speak to you next week, I hope. Goodbye. Yeah,